Welcome to No Hope, the podcast. Then we went to Life Cafe and I wore clothes. So, welcome. Well, 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 well. You're back. We We're back. We are back. Oh, I'm Tim Miller, <laughs> And I'm Scott Schneider. And we're and No Hope I just Productions. Ate peanuts, and so I'm. I feel like I have. Oh, and you're gonna go into like anaphylactic shock or something. Anaph- oh yeah, exactly. I need is a what you would call an EpiPen. I think that's right. I Where's think that my you EpiPen? Uh, wouldn't um, that be funny if that's how you went? We have a. If I went into anaphylactic shock right now, I mean, would I don't know if anybody would end up hearing it, but conceptually, it is funny. No, I would not edit that out. We would. We would definitely go with that. And then we would do a TikTok music. Well, if I died, though, like, I mean, you know, which I think, I, <laughs> since I don't have an EpiPen. EpiPen. <clears throat> yeah. Um, we have a very special episode today. This is a, a I mean, it's a one of a kind. It's a first So far, it's exactly, it is a it's, first episode. We are going to have our, our friend, yeah. uh, uh, Mark Sinaway, who is an actor. Um and we're going to talk with him because and, uh, I already said he was a friend. <laughs> we're going to talk with him because on a, 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 a little road trip to the woods over mm. the pandemic summer, he said, I fucking love rent. I would love to defend it. And mm. so we have invited and him. And to- you, you told me about this exchange and I was like, bring it. Bring yes. it. Yes. Because also, because you know, we've talked about this, but but also the surprise element of this podcast is fun. But sometimes it takes me by such surprise that I'm like, I remember things later, and I'm like, why didn't I say that? I didn't adequately defend. So yeah, it's when you mentioned this, I was like, oh good, oh good, 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 good. We have a we have an opportunity to revisit. That is true. That is true. Yeah. That is one downside because I am definitely a person who needs time to process <laughs> most things. Yeah. Um, or at least I've learned to as I've gotten older than and, and not just react in the moment. But yeah, Knee it's jerk. true. Sometimes yeah, sometimes yeah. We, we, we don't we have all process. of the thoughts ready when, when we surprise each other over what we're yeah. going to say. On the other hand, sometimes it's really interesting. So, yeah. you know, there there you go. But before we get to yeah. Mark we are going to start uh, back. We're going to jump back into our long-standing tradition <laughs> of, of rewind, of, of rewind, rewind on some things that we discussed in our first two episodes of season two. Um, did you watch the TikToks? I did. Which do you want? Okay. Which one do you want to talk about yeah. first? Well, I think the grocery store. I think the grocery store musical one was first, right? Like in time. I don't. I actually. I guess don't I think don't that know it was. Sure. Actually, oh no! Having read the whole like history of the Ratatouille one. Um, oh okay. Oh I god! You read the whole that, history? Oh, yeah, I went in. I went in, honey. Amazing, uh, amazing. Yeah, yeah well, I'm fully the grocery store musical. Now. Let's talk about the grocery store musical yeah. just because it's that's I think the first it's one that I quicker. To it's easier to digest. Me yes, too. It yeah. is quicker, easier to digest, and I loved it. Loved it. It was it was very fun. Super amusing. I loved it because it's like it was so on the nose, making fun of contemporary musical theater, yeah. which is why I figured that you probably enjoyed it too. Like to me, it legitimately sounded like. 
it could be in Dear Evan Hansen. Like, oh yeah, and oh, I lo- yeah. this is coming from somebody that actually loves Dear Evan Hansen. Oh me but, too. Like yeah, and it was like obviously done with a lot of affection and everything. Um, but I yeah. mean, I just think the concept of 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 this is so fascinating to me, and, mm. and I'm glad I watched that before I watched the Ratatouille stuff. Because, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's interesting that it's so sort of. I don't know if democratic is the right word. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, it's a, everybody it's, pile a on. it's a free for all. Yeah, yeah. It's like anybody can yeah. do this. Um, and I thought it would be really interesting. We should, uh, I was thinking about this, asking you if you were up for like maybe finding another pair of writers or another writer and seeing if we might with some, with, with a similar sort of device, mm-hmm. like maybe try to build a song that, um, Oh, that could be that fun. we didn't know the other side of, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but but have a little fun. more choice in it rather than just throw it out to TikTok. Yeah, like maybe we 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 there, I mean, we know a lot yeah. of people who write. We definitely so. know a lot of talented people. Uh, so that that's all I have to say about that. It yeah. was I loved it. It was I, fun, and I'm I, I'm I get I get the whole appeal. Like uh, yes, and actually, Michael did a wonderful job of describing it. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. It's like I it felt like I had a little leg up when I saw it, but uh, yeah, I love that the lyrics were just like so dumb and basic. I think I wrote yeah. down, and we're fighting in a grocery store, and I love you, but I don't know if I like you anymore. We're standing right in aisle nine, and you promised everything was fine. Still, we're fighting in a grocery store, and I love you, but I don't know if I like you anymore. It's just like this like, really basic it's refrain. Also, and, and, and really relatable, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would know. <laughs> yeah. Sure, sure I mean, it might be more like Ikea for us. But, um, yeah, a couple throwdowns at Ikea's. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I also love like that, you know, where it would pop up the text where it would basically be, uh, you know, describing all of the like musical theater tropes that they were, yes. they were making yes. fun of. Like, what did, what did I like? Oh, the dramatic pullback. That was like very dear Evan Hansen, the dramatic pullback. Uh, or the really extra riff to display how emotional they are. Actually, I really like the, the girl, the, the number two, the other part of the relationship when... Uh, she, you know, she starts speaking lines over the singing and it says speaking over singing to show that they are not on the same page in the relationship. Yeah, yes, <laughs> <So>. yes. <laughs> and then it adds the kid and I think Michael mentioned this and the uh, the employee who has an impeccably timed. We close at nine at the end yeah. and the can of soup. And we're fighting in a grocery store. It was, it was enjoyable. Highly enjoyed it. Thank you for introducing these yeah. middle-aged uh, people Thank who you, are Michael, behind on for bringing the latest social the media platforms. Century. Yeah. Oh my goodness! So Ratatouille. Um, did you did you go yeah. into that a bit? I was. I mean, I got really obsessed, and I think I did when I first learned about it because I did mm. learn about it from. Uh, from a friend's Instagram and I didn't really know exactly what it was, but I started to get like, like I didn't understand that the whole thing about like 
copyrights and infringement yeah. and intellectual property and i know these are all such buzz kills for like enjoying the thing <laughs> right, right, right but right. i just became i was like what is happening like hmm. disney is so proprietary about of everything. everything oh my god totally and how did all of these people get involved in this thing which and i that's what i was asking him i was like is it a disney sanctioned hmm. thing and i don't it's, think no. that it is because it's all just like original content built on top of this, you know, what was, you know, originally a movie, but, but it's all original. So, and then they got, uh, or whoever started it or whoever jumped onto it. I mean, you, you, did you, you, did you read about how it actually Yeah, I mean, I just, I read that Vulture article that he sent, sent to us with, uh, where just, yeah, it sort of like was everything chronological and it had like all the, like the individual videos and, uh, yeah, I mean, but it was just, uh, you know, it started as like a tongue in cheek sort of parody of Disney, but then, yeah, it just became like, who, who started it just like a random person or like some big musical theater writer. No, just like it was, it was some person that did like cartoon like they did it was like they did a squeaky voiced version of it and again it was like 30 seconds long but then it really built because the second the guy did this like full-blown like disney orchestration of it using like logic pro like but like made it sound like this like you know huge instrumental and was like oh my god this is the act two ending of a disney musical and all this Like that is when people started to sort of like you know pile on top of it. But yeah, it was hilarious. And then like the the somebody made a program, like Michael said, and you could see it in yeah. the scenic design. There was some like, choreography where they're like acting like mice. It was like, I mean, actually watching all these videos, my impression was like, oh my god, this is what happens when you lock up theater kids and they can't perform on stage. Right. Like that was like my big impression, and it's like. It was very relatable to me because it was like, I know this. Like, I grew up in the suburbs, as I've discussed many a time on this podcast, and but like pre-social media and like many Friday and Saturday nights because I was a theater dork were spent like huddled around a piano with like my friends, like, you know, we're banging out like musical theater tunes and just being ridiculous. And like, uh, that's like what this felt like to me. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'm like, theater kids will find a way. <laughs> so I'm like, even amidst a, a pandemic, you know, <laughs> it's, it's just, yeah. I mean, I didn't watch, I, I didn't read the Fushkin Vulture article because mm-hmm. I forgot that he sent it to us. Mm. Um, so I'll have to go back and read that. But I watched uh, several pieces and obviously Ashley Park, I think we talked about her. Oh, I, th- I, her. I think Michael mentioned her. Yeah, mm. she's she's awesome. And the guy, Andrew B. Feldman, who um, who plays the the main character chef kid, you know, um, did you not watch that? No, so we actually did a different journey here because I like went okay. into the nerdy like 
how was this thing built in the very early version of it. I didn't even really get into it once like marquee names like started doing stuff. Like I didn't, I didn't really see any of that stuff. Well, I didn't know who that, that, that Mm. guy was. um, But I think he was the one I'm pretty sure that Michael mentioned that he had been in Evan Hansen. I think he played Evan Hansen Mm. and is my new Broadway boyfriend. Although I think, Oh, I I know who you're talking about. Officially. I think I have to see, the the guy in person for us to, to officially be boyfriends and <laughs> that's gonna be one of the person. rules one of the rules that's that's the rule yeah exactly so but yeah. i'm he was so adorable and really looked like that character yeah. i mean it was just I amazing mean, a lot of the stuff that i w- was watching was, was like this is like actually legitimately good it was it, <laughs> it was, was like i and and so that's why i was like really annoyed with myself for just mm. thinking the whole time like who does this material belong to and what's going to happen to it? Yeah, you shouldn't, well, you know, just, it doesn't matter. They're just creating shit to create yeah. shit, which yeah. is, it, may, it actually awesome. gave me, thank you, Michael, for introducing this to me. Actually, they gave me this like glimmer of hope that, you know, it's like all these like Gen Z theater kids sort of started this and like, it's, you know, creativity is alive and well and it's, you know, yeah. and it made me feel like, oh my God, when we get past this, like, horrible situation god willing and beyond this moment and past like crisis mode i just feel like there's going to be like this like enormous creative explosion oh mm. god so definitely so to me this was like the theater kids belting out the, yeah. the songs while they were you know waiting to be able to do this thing for real <laughs> well it'll be interesting to follow it and to yeah, see what totally to see what happens yeah i love develop that. so yeah um I we we talked about the percentage of men on Broadway who are gay. Um, this was this. <laughs> oh, was did you like, look up some stuff about this? I did. Oh, okay. Me too. Oh, what did you look up? Oh no, you go, you go. Okay, because I'm, I'm not sure where. I'm fascinated what you what you found. Well, I this. obviously I don't think it's possible to find this statistic. I mean, yeah. we would have to actually you know inquire of everyone's sexual <laughs> right. orientation. That was it seemed on like Broadway, an absurd is, question we were asking yeah, ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Like we can't. But I spit out. But I did numbers. find an article. I think it was in Vulture. I I don't know why I didn't write that down. Hmm. I keep not doing that. Citing my sources, but um, which is not a good thing. Uh, so. I did find a fascinating... Oh, no, it was in Backstage. I did cite my source. It was in Backstage from August of 2019, and it was talking about gender diversity. And this is... um, I mean, you know, I don't think anyone's going to be surprised. This is interesting, though. This is pre-pandemic. So it will be interesting to see what happens post-pandemic, obviously, as we've been talking about. But from May of 2018 to April of 2019, 61% of the characters on Broadway were male. Oh, my gosh. Really? 32% were female wow. and 7.1% were not specified by gender. Hmm. That doesn't completely add up to 100%. No. So we're we're, we're we're really close. Fuzzy, fuzzy um, math there. And then I have there are two other statistics that I took from it. Seven Broadway shows had no females on their creative team. Oh. That includes writer, director, choreographer, or any of the design team. Oh my God, that's ridiculous. However, <laughs> there were six productions that had females. 50% or mm. more of these positions occupied by mm. female identifying artists. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not necessarily saying that that balances it out, but it was just, it was a, it was mm. a, it's, it's a statistic. A statistic. Um, well, goddamn that that in, Secret in, Garden uh, revival hasn't happened yet. I sure hope they were hiring like women to helm it. 
And then 87% of Broadway directors that season were male, which again is the, not no, that surprising. Yes, no surprises there. I, I have a funny little quote <laughs> about statistics, which is from my debate years um, in high school, which is something this kid Charles used to use all the time so effectively. He was very charming about it. Um, and he would say, the quote was from you know some scholar or something that was like, Statistics are like bikinis. What they what they uh, what they show you is very important, but what they don't show you may be even more important. So <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that means, but it's a great it's a great quote. <laughs> Sounds you know? profound. What did you find out? Uh, I kind of went a little different path with this because I was like, okay, obviously I'm not going to like find a percentage. <laughs> that exists yeah, like yeah, who yeah, did yeah. this study uh but yeah i was just like oh let me just think of some you know i was just start thinking of some straight straight guys on, on broadway but then i <laughs> and then the first one i thought you were just gonna like, list yeah, straight guys. straight guy well so then i thought of you know my number one you know or at least at one time broadway boyfriend will swenson at least specifically in hair so then i was like oh he's married to tim's favorite musical theater actress audra mcdonald yeah uh, so yeah so i so i started thinking about like oh well what are some like broadway power couples that's kind of where i was going with this so will swenson and we've talked about, of course, from uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. He was Javert in the Les Mis, the more recent one, which I completely forgot about, which is so random. Uh, I saw him as Satan in Jerry Springer, the opera. So, oh, was in that I did too. too. I realized, like, I've seen him in like a lot. I of saw stuff. that. Yeah, yeah, you did. Wait, see did it. we go together? We did not. No. Oh, okay. no, okay. we did not. In uh, Audra, obviously, I don't need to list her credits. Um, so, Andy Carl. And Orfe, I, I keep not knowing He's if the, I'm butchering the her, Groundhog her Day name. guy. Uh, yeah, Legally Blonde and Rocky and Groundhog Day. I, I only saw Groundhog Day of those musicals. Uh, and Orfe, we talked about her in Love Janice because she was one of the oh, Janices. Right. And great, right, 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 the right, right, great, right. Uh, great American Trailer Park musical and Legally Blonde. Uh, she played the Jennifer Coolidge character, which I think we also mentioned that in that episode. Is that where they met? Uh, I would assume so because they were both okay. in it. Actually, they played opposite right, each other because right. he was like right. the delivery. He was the UBS guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. and then she was the Jennifer Coolidge character. Uh, and then she also went in as oh, I think she originated in the Pretty Woman musical. She was the the friend Kit, Kit. Okay, so which he went into also. I think he wasn't the original, but he like replaced. Yeah, uh, what's his name? Uh, from okay. Steve Gizzy. Um, Terrence Mann and Charlotte Damboise. I did not even know they were married. Did you know? Um, that? I don't know who she is. Oh, you do because we talked about her in a chorus line in the revival of a oh. chorus line. She played uh, oh. Cassie. Okay. okay. Uh, he from Beauty and the Beast. He was the Beast. Uh, Les Mis, Javert, like in the original. And I kind of forgot about this, but I did know it at one point. In Cats, he originated Rum Tum Tugger. So, oh, and he was in Pippin. Terrence Mann. Yeah, he was in Pippin. Yeah, yeah, I saw in him Pippin. in Pippin. Uh, yes, so did I. Um, what else? Oh, Philip. Wait, and he—he's in Hades Town, right? Was he? I don't know. Isn't that Terrence Mann? Uh, no, no, it's not. Oh no, I know you're thinking of no. That is definitely oh, okay. Not okay, Terrence sorry, Mann. sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, wrong. Scratch that. Eh. Scratch that um, delete. Philippa Sue and Stephen Pasquale or Pasquale? Pas- should... Pasquale. Is it? Okay. I was putting like a accent. 
Igu at the end of it or something. I don't know. Uh, with Philippa Sue, you know from Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. Uh, Hamilton, the original, the original Eliza, Eliza, and, oh. and Amelie. I saw which I saw. That actually, she's she was married Amelie. to him. <laughs> yeah, actually, wow. I don't think I've ever seen him. Uh, his biggest credit, I believe, is Bridges of Madison yeah. County, which you saw. Yeah, now. I saw the first act yeah. of that. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps you'll end up talking about it on this uh, podcast. Uh, and then, which one more, one more, because it, it relates to this episode. Uh, they were together for a decade of marriage, but split in, I believe, right. late 2013. Tay Diggs and Adina Menzel. Yes. Tay, yes. recent credits include Chicago. He was Billy Flynn. He was in Wicked. He was in. He was one of the few Hedvigs I did not see. Uh, he was in the Wild Party off Broadway version, which we've not yet talked about. Um, in Rent, in the in Rent, he was the original Benny. Uh, Adina, of course, that was his. That was where they met, obviously. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Adina, obviously from Wicked, Elphaba. She was in If Then, which you could not have paid me to see. Uh, Aida, uh, she was an Mneris replacement. She was also in the Wild Party off Broadway. So I don't know which of them finagled the other one being in that. Uh, and then in Rent, she was the original Maureen. Uh, and those are all of the Broadway power couples that is or power couples of yesteryear that uh, that I looked up. Fascinating. And have nothing to do with... Um, no. Well, I guess it, it's, 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 it's related. They're all straight. It's related. So there are four straight... <laughs> so the, you have your... So do the math. If we can get the number of people who work on Broadway uh, in uh, in the performing sector and we could do the math point zero 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 one percent um let's run with that. okay okay do you have another well, one i have like i have I, two more but i, I have, have two more great let's do let's do one of yours all right so uh, michael mentioned ray stevens who i did not and know i didn't think i knew ray stevens mm. but then i found out and his question was uh, well, my question was, who is Ray Stevens and was or is he a racist? <laughs> Michael said, he's probably a racist. I remember he said he said that because he's like, yeah, yeah, listen to like Ray Stevens, but he's probably a racist. Um, I actually did know him because as a, as a family, we watched Hee Haw when I was a kid. Oh. And he was on okay. Hee Haw. Well, then I guess I know who he is because I So did you of, also? I mean, I didn't like watch it. It would come on and I would but, be... Disgusted. Yeah, but you probably like, yeah. watch a bit of it. Oh, we loved it. We loved it when I was a kid. Oh, My I'm dad sorry. liked that show very much. He was born Harold Ray Ragsdale. Hmm. He was known professionally as Ray Stevens. He's a country and Christian music artist, also known for his comedic hits such as Gu- Guitarzan and The Streak. Hmm. Interestingly, those songs were mentioned early on in the uh, Wikipedia page. Okay. Um, he was also a producer, arranger, songwriter, and television host. He was inducted into both the Country Music and Christian Music Hall of Fame. Hmm. Then, if you do a little more digging, <laughs> by the way, he is oh. still alive. Okay. He's 82. Okay. He wrote the xenophobic, anti-immigrant, and actually incorrect tunes, Ahab, the Arab, as oh. well as Come to the USA, which claims immigrants come here to have anchor babies and collect welfare from the welfare from the government. Yeah. Come to the USA, there's no penalty to pay should you get caught illegally immigrating. Get caught illegally immigrating. 
come to the USA, it will be your lucky day, cause when you get in, there's lots of goodies waiting. Like healthcare, welfare, free education, help with your voter registration and driver's license. Oh my God. So... So Michael's what? instinct was, was it indeed. sounds like we can <laughs> exhume the word probably <laughs> like insert definitely. Ray Stevens is an 82 year old Christian inducted Christian yeah. Music Hall of Fame inductee and a racist <laughs> and xenophobe. Yikes. So there 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 you go. Yikes. Anyone who's wondering who Ray Stevens is, there oh, you go. Got a throw out my ray stevens collection <laughs> all that vinyl i just bought <laughs> oh my goodness um all right i'm gonna jump in with one yes was flora the red menace candor and ebbs first show so we i talked about this during liza with a z um because it was liza's first big thing uh and as it turns out yes it was the first collaboration between candor and ebb um I didn't really talk about it too much during Liza with a Z, even though it was like somewhat related. I had mentioned that Liza won the Tony Award uh, in for her, that show. Yeah, for in her Broadway de- debut. Uh, I hadn't mentioned she was at the time that she won the Tony. She was the youngest person to have done that. She was only 19 years old. Wow. Yeah. wow. Uh, the show I was looking wow. up the plot. It was kind of weird. It's set in the winter of 1935 amidst the great depression i don't really feel like reading this paragraph because it's boring but she's basically like a wannabe fashion designer and there's like a whole like co-op of artists and she's like trying to make it in the fashion design world and is her name flora her name is indeed Flora. Flora. And who's the, what's the Mezzer- red menace? Or is she the red menace? I don't, I don't know. Okay. There's nothing right, in the right. plot That's... about the red menace. All right. All right. Maybe she has red hair. I don't know. There's um, some, is there something political? It sounds oh, yeah. very political. There's a whole communist element of the plot. Oh. So, okay. Oh, okay. Well, that makes well, sense. Well, that makes sense okay. now. Yes. Like her, her, <laughs> the, like the, the, her romantic foil or whatever is and, like, is a communist and trying to convert her to his communist okay. ideals and, she's and what like, year was this was this written, written? oh well this was uh in the 66 1960s no that's not right she she won the 1965 yeah she won okay so this is like mccarthy yeah. era sort yeah. of yeah, yeah. This, okay but it's that, set, all, that it, all makes it's sense set in the great depression though okay to okay. 1935 Oof. okay that's tough um, uh, but uh uh i should mention that it received promising out-of-town reviews in New New Haven and Boston, and the show was recorded two days before its Broadway opening. However, the New York critics were not enthusiastic, and when it closed, it had lost almost all of its $400,000 investment. But she still won the Tony. Yeah, but she still won the Tony. But that happens sometimes. I mean, sometimes. Sometimes. That it's like a bit of a clunker, but somebody, you know. Sometimes. yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to I mean, it. I guess it was her debut, so people mm-hmm. were obviously and it was very Judy's daughter. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so Gloria Estefan hit ballads. Oh. I can't believe that you don't know. I mean, I think there are more than. I mean, these, maybe, obviously. I, maybe I know. I, I just the one that they haven't stuck. Did in my you brain, listen like to those two dark. things that I sent you? 
I don't even remember you sending me some. Oh, I, I texted I just, them to you oh, while we were talking last time. Or what, I think, I think I was, we were I'm just recording. very anti Gloria Estefan ballads. But so what? What? What other ones? What are anything big for ones? you? And uh, words get in the way. We're both. Oh. Pretty wait, massive. Wait, wait. I think I know songs. words get in the way. I feel like oh, that was words like get in my, the way. my mother listened to a lot of like adult contemporary 107.9 in Indianapolis. And and, uh, and they, they, I remember that one was like a hit. But the words get in the way. Yes. Adult contemporary. Yes. Both of those songs, even though Conga was <laughs> a pop smash, <laughs> these two songs were definitely Solidly adult contemporary adult contempo. songs. And they were but they were probably like both number one adult contemporary hits. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember those little fucking um recording studios that they used to have in malls. Do you remember those? Oh my god, kind yes. Of- I never did one, but it's like it was like tempting. I always feel I, like that's like the like where Rebecca Black like recorded like Friday Friday you know that song I mean that was like obviously no, years I don't later know that song. but you, there's no way you don't know Rebecca Black Friday well maybe I just don't know it from your rendition if you but, were like a citizen of planet Earth you know Rebecca Black Friday. But I okay. do know that I recorded anything for you, and I have a cassette <gasps> still have of. It? I do, but I don't know how we would. I would love to put a sample of it, on, but it somehow. Yeah, well, you yeah. have to have a way to play the cassette, which oh my I, God, I don't know how to do that. But um, yeah, I guess I could. I could find out. But that would player. be. That would be a hoot to hear <laughs> the, I think I was probably like 13 or 14. I'm pretty positive that my voice was, cha- had changed or was changing. Mm. So mm. the, the notes that I thought I could hit, I, I, I really couldn't hit them. <laughs> um, so it was, it was very charming. Oh my, how long did it um, take to record it? Was this like, a, I, how much of a time investment was this? Like an hour? I think it was probably like an hour. Yeah. yeah. I record. I mean, I think they let you do it. Couple if times. no one else was waiting, they yeah. would just let you do it. Like, you know, I, I, I know I did it like three or four oh times. Oh, my at God. Least. Malls of the 80s. You could get some glamour shots done. Glamour, that's could. what I was thinking about glamour <laughs> shots. And, and you could be a recording star. Oh and a, do and, that thing where uh, they like had the, the hand on the shoulder looking oh looking behind God. them. It was like the yes. classic glamour shots. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, oh, so that's was all that I your, got. That's your goal. Okay. That's all I got. I had one more, which was okay. um, regarding Ring Them Bells. There was oh, like, right. like there's this question yes. of is the is the story of this song actually true? Um and not surprisingly, because I was having some trouble building up to that episode, I, I couldn't find anything definitive on this. But but it did not lead me down a completely dead end. I uh 
when I was researching, I stumbled upon this like gem of a YouTube video, which was of Kander and Ebb themselves performing the song. Um, and I'm not really sure what the larger broadcast or, or show was. They're on this like very, I'm going to obviously like send you the clip, but they're on this very 1970s looking soundstage and there's a small live audience. It's a, it kind of like almost seems like a duplex cabaret, but like made for TV or something. So when Fred Ebb is introducing the song, he has the following to say, uh, and I'm such a freaking lunatic that I actually transcribed this from the YouTube video. But anyway, this was his, his intro to Ring Them Bells. This next song is another one of our $3 numbers. And what's interesting about it is a lot of people ask you, how do you get the ideas, you know? Like, where do the ideas for the songs come from? And the truth is, I don't know that. I mean, I really don't know that. But I think that writers tend to listen hard, and we also tend to remember a lot of things. And I remember when I was a kid, I heard this story. I have no idea if it's true or not, but I, but I thought of this story when this particular need for a number came up, a production number. So we set it to words and music, and I made up a little bit of it but mostly what's interesting is the story is absolutely true and we got to write it the performance wow. that follows of the two of them is really charming the two of them trade the dialogue like when the couple of the song meet each other and so it's like this little bit of a duet and john kander is behind the piano playing he's playing the norm guy and he does like backup vocals and fred encourages everyone in the audience to clap at the end like it's a super super cute clip yes it was love at first sight and quite a beautiful scene she said my name is cheryl devore he said i'm norm saperstein she said are you from new york he said that can't be Tonight, I've got a swell junior three at number five, Riverside. Five, five. Riverside Drive. Five Riverside Drive. Five Riverside Drive in New York City. New York City. That's where you live. I live there. That is where I live. <laughs> But yeah, it was so interesting to me because it seems like this was not something Eliza heard, uh, but maybe Fred Ebb, because he said as a kid, oh, wow. and even he like contradicts himself in that intro on whether it's true or not. So it kind of seems like it's almost like this like urban legends of of sorts. Like it probably got like passed passed around, uh, around, and there's probably like a kernel of truth, uh, and then it got embellished into musical theater. Um, oh but it, it was funny. Like it's, it, one, one little thing is when I was looking at the clip, you know, I always, it's always fun to peruse the comments, uh, of a YouTube video. Right. Yes. So there yes. was, there was this one, the comment, the video, the, the moniker is Judy Christmas with a photo of Judy Garland as the profile pic, uh, in, in the individual comments. Here's the proof. Fred Ebb created Liza Minnelli. Wow. Which I was like. It's kind of true. So, <laughs> so I think this is all really like a Fred Ebb invention slash embellishment. Oh my God. Slash like, but it probably did have like, it probably like was true. Yeah. Oh my God. That's crazy. I love that, that it's from childhood. Yeah. Um. All right. All right. Let's, let's do let's, it. Let's, let's start. Let's have a guest. And we are back, We're back. And as promised, with our very special guest, Mark Sinaway. Um, 
since you're listening to a podcast about musicals, you might know him from the very successful, very gay, and very naked and sex-positive web series, Hunting Season, where you get to know him rather intimately. He's also a regular on stages across New York. I've seen him uh, at least a half a dozen times, most recently at 59E59. Do you say 59E59 or 59 East 59 East 59. Okay. I, I, they write it funny and it always makes me uncomfortable, but I saw him there in the waiting game. Anyway, um, it's always, it's always a delight to see him on stage. And, um, it's also a delight to, uh, you know, have him as a friend because he's a, he's an awesome human. Um, hi, Mark. Hi. Tell us about tell us about yourself. There's you know, I realize that there's I don't know that much about your background. Like where are you from? I'm from North Jersey, Tim. Ooh. Okay. So I probably knew that so and pre- I just you're, didn't you're, remember. You're pretty local then. Super I'm local. Always, I'm always impressed when I meet anybody. It feels like every human being I know is like from somewhere in the Midwest. You know what's interesting so. about that? Having uh listened to your your other podcast about rent i'm jumping right in it's interesting to hear your relationship to rent because mm. you i lived in the northeast i was just yeah. a train ride away when yep. rent was happening and i was 16 i didn't have to go to chicago i didn't have to wait in the car i didn't do anything i didn't get on a train it was i was you have a different access to things when you are right right 100 so that yeah. struck me immediately when in hearing that makes your sense story. So, yeah that makes sense that makes sense yeah you had um, to you had to seek you had to seek that shit out <laughs> So wait, let so th- this this may be the, the, these things may actually like line up. Ooh, my, my question for you man. is, um, how and when did you decide to pursue this you know crazy life of acting? <laughs> I thought the question was going to be pursue being a rent fan. <laughs> it just happened. Um, you know what? I always actually wanted to be an MTV VJ. That is what I. <sighs> Oh my god, that's amazing! But Since like, like what? What was your yeah. introduction to MTV? Uh, Who think, was the VJ of your yeah. like? So like uh, uh, Simon Rex, I Dallas um, Kennedy. Oh yeah, um, Kennedy. <laughs> um, who else? I loved her. That like m- that mid phase, like Simon Rex was the newest of those people when I was super into it. So I was really mm-hmm. into like the Kennedy, I Dallas. I don't remember any other of the men of that time period except simon rex and then well, simon rex is like the yeah. guy who who went on to do like the jerk off videos right <laughs> i think I, yes he did that previously he yeah. went on to oh, be a yeah. DJ. i did some okay 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 extensive <laughs> research on that but uh and we can do a full rewind for, for, I, this, I, for this i remember being very excited to find <laughs> out that simon rex either had done or yeah whatever however that yeah. happened who would yeah yeah he's super hot yes mm-hmm. oh my gosh that is crazy okay so that's that's how you got to keep that going was the, keep that going. was the gateway so, gateway i was legitimately pursuing vjing that's so, and how do you legitimately pursue yeah, that like, like what, what did you do um so i actually went to the wannabe of vj contests when i was in high school and I was underage, and they saw in my ID, they're like, yo, dude, you're going to wait in line for hours, and you're going to get rejected. Because the first thing they do is they blow up your ID and look at it, and you're just not. Mm. And I'm like, well, what if I'm good? Like, it doesn't matter. You legally can't do this. Do so this. they're like, how about this? We'll give you a bunch of T-shirts, and you come back when you're old enough. But the way I pursued this was I got the name of the woman who was head of casting at MTV. Her name was Wendy McSwain, and I just started 
uh, sending her mail, like real mail. It might have actually been pre-Wendy McSwain. It was her name was Jennifer Grigsby. Got her address and I started sending her things. Like it was pre-email. I didn't have her email. No, email existed, but it wasn't how it is now. Right. Like how 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 often were you like snail mailing her? I think whenever I felt like it. I invited her, like, our family yeah. used to have a family party in December that was super fun. I invited her to it, and she was like, I'm not coming, but I admire your tactics. Um, <laughs> Tenacity. <laughs> yeah, and then I finally got a face-to-face with Wendy McSwain, and she's like, Mark, I have to hand it to you. You're the first person ever who doesn't have an agent to be sitting in my office at the desk across from me. I mean, and, that's impressive. Wow. Yeah, so yeah. Um, she also... She it was interesting because she logo was new and she was like, Mark, listen, I don't want to offend you or I don't know if you're straight, if you're gay. She's like, I don't care. But you have a quality where you're just as comfortable at a sporting event as you are like at a fashion show. I had my reel like showed a bunch of things with me interviewing Mm. all types of people. And she's like, we have this new channel logo. I think you'd be great for it. But stay in touch. And then she's like. Frankly, we don't need any more men on MTV right now. And I was like, yeah, I was I was disappointed. I'm like, that's mm. just my rejection. But then the next two they hired were like Vanessa Manillo. And I oh think my God. Was, they did hire two women after that, maybe Hillary Burton. But that's really what I was trying to do. And then Wendy, same woman, was like, Mark, I think you'd be great for commercials. Do you think I could, could I introduce you to a, a friend in casting who does commercials? So I started you know, going out for commercials. And then... Someone in commercials was like, I think you'd be great for soaps. Can I introduce you to so-and-so? And And I had a few lines on soaps. And I remember I was on... Like like three different soaps, right? Yeah. I I mean, like small, small parts. Which ones were they? uh, All My Children. Yeah. One Life to Live and Guiding Light. Okay. Wow. Ooh, wow. Nice. I mean, that's that's a nice trifecta right yeah. there. And if you, I would have been past. really impressed if you also said passions because that shit was amazing. That shit shot in LA though. That's the. Oh, the, did I it? it? Okay. Yes, for okay. sure. For sure. <laughs> I love that show. Yeah. Um, so your sna- basically your persistent snail mail effort that is, led to a career. It absolutely. One of the things that we. One yeah. of the things that's most amazing about talking to people about sort of their journey is is all of the create i mean the fact that your letter writing yeah got you into mtv that's amazing but it is it no go ahead go ahead you go i was gonna say it's this consistent thread between like tim tim said with some of our guests like from dawn to brandy and now you this sort of uh this uh ambition and tenacity and yeah so wait what was your first paid gig was that uh, was that a soap opera? Um, I think I was sitting opposite Simon Rex in his jerk off video. I got a like 20, <laughs> 20, $22. He's got a day rate for it. Were you sitting or were you kneeling? Um, you're going to have to try to get a hold of the behind the scenes footage. <laughs> um, oh my God. Okay. Um, so tell us about what do you, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, after well, the, um, it was, it, yeah. The other thing that the part of my journey that made me be like, Oh, I'm going to pursue acting was happened. I was on all my children, I believe. And I was, a uh, I had a few lines in an AA meeting. I was playing one of the characters and the lead character. I was basically riding on being cute. People thought I was cute. So they'd be like, yeah, we'll put him on the soaps and he could say a few lines, but like I had no training. I had no idea mm. what I was doing. But I was allowed access because, because for that reason. So I was in there, 
in that scene and the lead character goes, we're supposed to make amends to those of us that we've hurt, but how do we make amends when the ones we've hurt are gone? And he starts crying and I'm like, okay, even if by like the grace of like some miracle, I got put in that position. We're like, yeah, we're casting you to do that. I, w- I was like, I won't know how to do that. I would be so embarrassed. Or like, I wouldn't even know where to begin. So that's when I decided to go to acting school. Like that was the moment. I'm like, well, I'm going to go hmm. figure out how to do this. I'm going to learn how to do and, this. And where did you go? What did went, you do? How did you decide? What happened? Uh, I went to, I did a bunch of research because I'm a nerd. Like I asked people I knew and asked about their experiences and would like call people. There was this place called the Actors Connection where you could go and meet casting directors. I would meet casting directors and you're supposed to be prepared with a monologue. I'm like, I don't have a monologue. I just want to ask you what, a, what acting schools you think are worthy <laughs> <laughs> like, a, okay. And how how old are you around this point? Twenty three. At the age where you like don't care about anyone's rules or like you know, where you're <laughs> like like we want to see a model. Like, yeah, yeah, that's not why I'm here. Like yeah. I wish I was still like that. I don't have that anymore to that oh, degree. I know. Yeah, I know. I wish I had that what I had at that age. Yeah. So then people started saying a bunch of people were saying MFAs, and that seemed like longer for me because I was like ready, you know, like mm. like I'm re- I'm ready to be a star. I don't need three years. And then as far as things in the city, I kept hearing Atlantic acting, Atlantic and um, William Esper Studio were kept being repeated. So then I went to both schools and interviewed and talked to a few people, and I ended up picking Esper ultimately. I could have gone either way, but so you started going to William Esper when you were 23. Um. Maybe it was around 26. Okay. Yeah, I don't know exactly how long that journey took, but I do remember there was a time when I could like get into rooms and not know. Like right now, I wish I could get into the rooms I was getting into. I was like a 24-year-old mm. who had no idea what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> Literally anyone would see me. Also, I had all these people being like, can I introduce you to it? I'm like, yes. no. <laughs> like sure. I was doing not? nothing. And I literally, now that I, you know, I have a very, I'm very confident in my skills as an actor. It's like, oh, well, Wish those people would call me now. <laughs> I know. This is another recurring uh, theme is that ignorance is bliss sort of thing that like completely you have yeah. the the chutzpah to like bulldoze yourself into a situation or or just not question, yeah. you know, your good fortune. You're just mm-hmm. like, of course, this should be happening to me. You know, also, you don't even realize you're like, oh, I had eight auditions this week. Like, I guess that's how many auditions people get. <laughs> that's just like what happens. Right, right. Um, so tell us a little bit, can you, t- I mean, I, like I said, I feel like so many people will probably, um, know you from hunting season, especially that would be listening to this podcast. How did that happen? Oh. I, I admittedly, um, I knew about the show because of you, I think. And also I'm sure I just heard about it, but I hadn't watched any of it until very recently, uh, when I knew that we were going to talk to you. So I was like, okay, I need to, to watch it. And I didn't realize that that the main, the lead guy who I don't even know how I know him. Cause I hadn't seen that, but I do know who he is. Ben, Ben Bauer. Right. Um, anyway, so how did, how did that all come to be? How did, did uh, you know, how did you land that part? I saw it on actors access. I self-submitted. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, um, I, what was the process like? I, I'm going to try to remember the order in which things happened. I remember, you know, it's, this is 2012 now. So Jesus. I'll tell you the things that stand minute, out God. to me, but I don't know exactly the order in which they yeah. happened. So yeah, yeah. I submitted, I got called in for the audition. Um, I loved it. I loved the material. And I don't know if I had made this decision internally or if I made it 
in the callback when I got it. But when I got hunting season, I was like, I'm want to do this. And I'm like, this is how I felt about it. I had an acting teacher that really encouraged us to explore our sexuality. I, I can't even imagine with today's climate, how that would happen in a classroom. I feel like people would, I think it wouldn't happen Bulk. now, frankly, but we right. were really encouraged, like go there. Cause you might have to do that in work. So like mm. we were mm-hmm. really pushing the envelope and I got this scene that didn't make it to the series, but uh, basically my character was like tying someone up and being like, yeah, you like that dick, take that dick, like that type of thing. Yeah. And I remember I went to this girl, Crystal, a very like open sexually girl who's no longer that. She's like all, G- she went, she found <laughs> Jesus. No, it's like, uh, I don't even, like, I don't know what happened, but I went yeah. to her, I met her at the bar and I handed her the sides and she's like, oh my God, no one else can do this better than you. I'm like, you know what? Even if someone could, they wouldn't be comfortable doing it in front of Billy Hopkins. And I was like, I don't give mm. a fuck about that. Like, I'm going to do it. I remember I read the sides and the director was like, that was um, very realistic. And I asked him if I, of course I want, you know, I'm an actor. I wanted to be the star. I'm like, I prepared all of the Alex monologues. He's like, uh, can I read them? He's like, of course, I'd love to see that. So then I got called back and I read the material and I was like, um, by the way, I auditionally, audition or excuse me originally auditioned for nick the guy with the gray hair so nick was supposed to be a guy that was this is how he was described um nick by any other standards is a normal shape but for new york city gay standards he is fat and it struggles with that. Oh my so like, god! That's what I got called. That's what I auditioned for. <laughs> oh You're I got like, called back for. I'm like, thanks, thanks. guys. Yeah, Thank you. So that's what I get called back for. But I read the material. <laughs> they sent me all eight episodes, and I was like, I don't care what they want me. I shouldn't even say this out loud. The creator would be like, I wish I knew that. I was like, I don't care what they asked me to do. I'll do it. Because that was a time where it was like a question whether he was like can I tell people you're gay when we're doing press? Like that was like an oh, actual sure, right. conversation. Yeah. And so the actors were very hesitant about like, well, no, mm-hmm. I don't want to. And like we were doing logo and they're asking questions like, like we want to do this whole steam room thing because of that episode. And we're like, I'm not talking about that in a fucking interview. Like, no, like it was a different time. Sure. Like, which I is would, like, it's funny because it's like only eight years ago, but yeah, also but, a lifetime ago in terms of, yeah. That was like a like, real thing being like, do the actors want to be mm. out? Can I get them? To, I don't know that that's fair to say. Can I get them to be out? But John wanted actors who were willing to be out. Right. To be out. And yeah. Also like that, what, that's not part of your casting process. It's like, now you have it. And it's like, well, can we, you know, so there, I, I got a call back for Nick and I, I knew one of, the writers i saw adam barron's name on it and we were never really close at all but i was like i want can i meet you and ask you some questions like yeah i'm like i this is the type of question i ask i'm like like how does nick dress he's like this is what he's like well how would you dress him i'm like well he's self-conscious so nothing too tight you know nothing that shows off your body and he's like you're not nick you're tommy he's like i don't know why they called you back for nick he's like you're tommy i'm sitting here with you he's like you're tommy and i'm like i know but i got i mean i don't know that i said i know i'm like i got called back for nick so like help me be nick and I went in for the callback for Nick, and I had decided on my own that I would do the nudity. I would do all of this stuff that some people would have told me would destroy your career. Like, don't right. do it. Mm-hmm. I had people be like, yeah, well, don't do that. That's too sexual. You don't want to do that. The original name was The Great Cock Hunt, and it was just impossible for them to get people to send legitimate actors, to get right. Adidas to provide clothing. When yeah. they read the name, they're like, nope, yeah. nope, nope. So they changed the name. Um, anyway... Uh, let's just say the date was on Actors Access. Starts shooting May first. I'm making this up. Uh, 
they first came, I'm like, well, I guess I didn't get that. You know, as an actor, you have like no information and no power right. whatsoever. Absolutely. You're like, well, I assume I didn't get it because here's May 1st. And then I got a call like a month later. And I'm like, hey, we want to cast you as Tommy. I'm like, I didn't even audition for that guy. But like, yeah, we want to uh, cast <laughs> you as him. And I said, great. How long do I have to get in shape for this? And he goes, 13 days. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Not six months? Not six months? You're like, so then I ate twigs and berries for 13 yeah. days. I'd say, I, uh, I mean, I'm, you know, my partner's a personal trainer for mm. seven years at Equinox. So like, I do everything really healthfully. So, like, I'm not just like, oh, I'm not going to eat. I was yeah. very, very particular about what I ate, of course. But, like, I ate a lot. And, like, I did it. I worked out a lot. I did it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's definitely. That's crazy. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. So that was 2012. Yeah. And we met in 2013, mm-hmm. I think. Yes. Because you auditioned for Luke Nicholas. Yep. And then um, we got to finally work to, I mean, it's I, I I guess work together is is loosely based when but we got we we had the opportunity <laughs> to um to work on the last ferry yeah um, yeah which was yes. which was amazing when John and I were casting that film and and you are in it and I don't know I I I um I feel like I'm really happy with really proud of having you know having a part of that I think it turned out really well and yeah. really really interesting and Do you know what's um, funny right now I thought you were going to say that we kind of worked together I thought you were going to say in the callback cuz like we you know we spent time in there that's what I thought you were going to oh. say cuz we you know I was in there for like I don't know 20 minutes and we Yeah 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 well yeah. sure No but it was funny that's that's where I thought you were going <laughs> But then it's but like that... you know who says that to an actor they didn't cast? Well, we, we had a chance to work together. <laughs> it was a wonderful callback. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. And then and then this past summer we <clears throat> had the pleasure of um, of imbibing together at <laughs> in the middle of a pandemic in the middle of the woods. So oh. Mark came to the woods for the oh, first time. That was your first okay. time, right? Yes. Yeah. Highlights. Highlights it, of 2020. It was. It's it, uh, a. It's a place. It's a place, isn't it? It's, it's, a, it's place. a place. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, um, this summer there will be. Um, yeah. A, a, well, a different I, a, a slightly different experience. I always have that first weekend of August circled on my my mental my mental calendar. I texted uh, John and Tim saying I would like to reserve one weekend yeah. at camp for next summer. Yes. I don't care when it is or when. Like... <laughs> and I wish I could relay. Any of those stories here on this podcast, yeah. alas. Yeah, well, I, I actually have so, one I can relate because it's oh. amazing. If, if, if now's the appropriate time, because since we're on camp, it's actually sure. amazing. Wait, can you talk about like, uh, you know, like edibles and whatever? Like sure, sure. We, 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 yes. we've, we've spoken about okay. such things. Yeah. So yes. I'm, you know, I, I took an edible and I don't, I do that. That's like a once a year thing for me. So it's like hit me. I'm like on another planet. And do you I'm know? A, how, do you I'm know a, how many milligrams it was? Not that I. Would I don't do know. Maybe know I'm about not, these things. Maybe but. someone here would know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just out of curiosity, just to provide some context for our listeners. Anyway, like ten, like ten. We'll maybe. say ten. We'll okay, say so by accident. I'm literally on another planet. Okay, so John, Tim's partner, is like, oh, we uh-huh. we would go for a hike during the day. Like sometimes, you know, some people want to like, can drink yeah. like for more hours. We're like, no, we're yeah. going to do a hike, take a little break. Oh, yeah. And so we're hiking and, you know, like, uh, 
it's a naked place. So like this naked guy walks by with a group of friends. He's the only one who's naked, like totally naked in the, like in the woods hiking. And he's like, Mark. And I'm like, um, <laughs> hi. And I'm like, who is that? And he's looking at me like, what do you mean? Who the fuck is it? You're looking at me. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm on an edible. Like, I really don't know who you are. <laughs> And he's like, we did the cherry orchard together. I'm like, oh, hi, David. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And I know actually exactly the spot we were in, too, when that, when that exchange happened. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. That's, yeah. I'm like, um, whenever we're there, I'm like, the Suzy, Suzy, let's go on a hike. Let's go on a hike. It's so pretty there. Um, okay. Okay. So back to theater. and be- So do you love musicals? I do love musicals. I really, really okay. do. Yeah, okay. have. And and did you do musicals? Um, no, not really. I've done plays with music. You know, I've had to sing and things, but it's like uh, so I was supposed to do this play in that got canceled the pandemic, and you know, my character sings a lullaby to his child. Like that's the type of thing that okay, you'd be like, oh, okay. he can, you know, he can get through that. That's pleasant okay. to listen to, but I've never done like a full on musical. So you have not played um, Roger in Rent. I have not played Mimi either. Or Mimi. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we have a few questions uh, okay. that we ask everyone about sort of your, I, I don't know. I don't know. How would, you, how would you characterize these questions? Like musical history, I guess. Yeah. Um, we were talking about, it seems as if many people have a sort of childhood experience of their first musical being like a big sort of television event of either the sound of music or the wizard of Oz were either of those, you know, big events in your life or in your family. Like, did you watch them on an, on an annual basis or was it something completely different? Different. Uh, yes, of course. Um, both of those. Well, one, I was terrified of the wicked witch. I'm talking like five years old, scary. Like I couldn't get when she came on, I wanted nothing to do with that. For me, it was Greece. My first contact with the music oh. that I was obsessed with. And Annie okay. also holds a place above, above, oh, wow. definitely oh. above The Wizard of Oz. I think of Grease, Annie, and The Sound of Music as my like TV musicals. Okay. Nice. Right. See, for me, Grease, I saw like in the theater. So it wasn't on, you know, it wasn't on television yet. I saw it on television. Like it was, but that would make sense. Cause that's, I mean, that's such a, that's such a great movie together. musical. Such a great movie musical. So good. Also, that really um, holds up. Have you watched that? Like, yes. Like that oh, yeah, choreography is actually yes. You're the one that I want. And both of them, I mean, well, all of that, that entire yeah. cast, I mean, Stockard, I mean, yeah, what so are you going to do? Like, it's amazing. So it's amazing. I mean, and jo- John Travolta back in the day, woof. Oh. You know, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, who wouldn't, you know? I think I find <laughs> um, him so unsavory now. Oh, yeah, I know. It's, I can't even. It, like, makes, well, it makes it difficult. It's like yeah. we were recently talking about Michael Jackson, but it's like, it's like, yes, I'm a very it's, diluted version of that where you're like. It, that's Okay, those are not the same thing. I think it's more like Tom Cruise yeah, now. Like, Tom Cruise. Because I, yeah. I, when Tom Cruise did Risky Business and All the Right Moves, like I was like, I mean. I was clutching your pearls. Well, more than that, but, (laughs) but, but, um, but now I'm just like, Oh yeah, there's something about it. But like, yeah, I think that I don't, the Michael Jackson thing is, is a little bit darker. I don't believe that either of those guys have, have been accused of, of quite 
you know, those those sorts of things. They're just a little bit insane. If you would like me to lighten it from that conversation, I'm going to also <laughs> throw in some Mary Poppins as another formative music, oh, musical that was nice. Oh, that's good. So yeah, like, that's good. You were like in the Julie Andrews fan club, as was I. Love me some Julie Andrews. Man. I didn't even see Mary Poppins until I was like 30 something. Really? You know what I love about that character She's not that nice. <laughs> no, she isn't. Which it's when so I good. when I watched the like the one that they just did with like Emily Blunt, uh, they like really leaned into that, and I was like, oh yeah, she's she's pretty snarky. Yeah, so I funny. liked that. I liked that <laughs> Emily mm-hmm. Blunt one, but oh, it was um, good. Yeah, mo- most people did not. A lot of people did not. Okay, what's the first live musical that you can remember seeing? Really? Whether it was you know whether it was legitimate or high school or you know. So I was already interested. Oh, so no, I don't, I don't know exactly which came first. I remember whenever there was something local, like that the high school kids were doing, I wanted to go. So I would ask okay. that. But Les Mis was the first thing I saw. I was in fourth grade. I saw Les Miserables. My family, my parents took uh, us. My on sister, Broadway? On Broadway, yeah. Okay. And okay. My, That's a good my one. My sister was a little older and, she, you know, like a year or two. She was always like, you know, Les Mis was like a cultural phenomenon like everyone knew about it and knew and my sister's like i want to see i want my mistakes i missed it so they, they took us and she fell asleep during it like she wasn't ready for that <laughs> you know she's in like fifth, sixth grade and i was like you know i'm like wide Entranced. awake and ready i have no idea what's happening yeah you know? i still sometimes don't know what's happening when i watch late miss but <laughs> i mean to be fair act two, act two is like ballad 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 so that's probably when she fell asleep but yeah <laughs> but i was so I was so into it no. So what about in those high school musicals that you saw? Do you re- like remember any of them like really sticking with you? Um, you know what? I, I don't really remember because by that time I'd seen. I'm, the You've ones seen I'm stuff remembering on more are ones when I was of high school age and I would right. go see all right. of that. But before right. then I had a lot of, uh, I wouldn't say a lot, but when we had were home for like a break like i wanted to go see musicals and my parents would be like we're down for that They're like yeah let's go to tkts and pick something wow oh my god that's amazing let's do it so i would i remember like some of the earlier ones i saw were like crazy for you oh yeah like uh that that like hot pink grease with rosie O'Donnell. Oh, was that the one oh, i was gonna say that was the one i remember rosie. i remember, yeah. i didn't yeah. see it but wasn't uh wasn't billy like, porter wasn't billy porter the teen angel i think it was pre me knowing would you know at that time i wouldn't have known that it was right of course well of course yeah yeah yeah. but i'm pretty sure he was the teen angel i I saw the like national tour of that production and i remember there was someone like deeply absurd in it like sally struthers or something i may have to look it up but it It was was somebody that was like really ridiculous the whole thing was like super tacky that production (laughs) (laughs) i call it the hot pink one you know like it's I remember the, no. the, the advertising. That's what, it was all very, very pink. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Before we talk about rent, one more question. Do you have a Broadway boyfriend? Like, is there someone who's sort of a Broadway dude that you would right now just be like, Oh my God, I could be in love with that person. Like instantly. I have like four, I think. Uh... I'm just like, you know, every year when they, I like chorus boy types. I like the body. I don't care about like the, 
the typical things that you associate with Broadway boyfriend, I have more like, oh yeah, I want to fuck Broadway chorus boys. I don't, I don't know their names. <laughs> okay. To be frank. You're like, that, <laughs> you're like, I don't need to know their name. <laughs> like, oh, actually there was that really, just to like take us off, well, keep it on topic. There was the really tall chorus guy in Hades Town. In Hades Town. Tim Hughes. Was that his name? I didn't want to say him by name, but yeah. Okay, he was okay. also in, um, Frozen, he's oh, like the larger yes. part in Frozen. Yeah, but I was going to just yeah. say, my prototype for the type of chorus boy I'm interested in is Tim Hughes. Oh, I, sorry, oh, I, call, I called sure. you out. But when I was watching, when I watched that show, Hades Town, I was like, he's like really pulling focus for me. Like I'm having a hard time focusing on the principles right now. I remember yeah. him. I yeah. also there was another really really hot guy in that. Um, that I started following on Instagram, but I can't remember his name right now. <laughs> See what it's, I was saying. The name. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> it's more of a um, genre. Chorus boy. We'll take it's that a genre, as our genre. Answer. Chorus right. boy. I think yeah. also I, I have a friend who's very into Broadway. Like she sees like 100% of everything. Yeah. And she's like, you don't have that person that you're like, I'll see anything he or she's in. I just, I don't have that type of relationship with like, I mean, I think I had it with Madonna, which is not a, broadway person but if she were like she's if they put her in a musical i would go see that I would if there was a musical to... version of swept away is that is that what I, you're... I in... would be there opening night if i could be they were working on it it was gonna open in no. a- april of last year uh, before the Stop. shutdown yeah, you are totally you lying. sold that pretty well because i don't Thank know you. you and i was like you know what part of me actually believes this ridiculous story they were 100 percent working on swept away she was gonna be in it listen people 100 percent work on cats i believe anything totally it, I, mean, I, 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 I do this to t- i do this to tim point. all the time because he like he will usually fall for it if you i don't i himself. am i am mm. oddly still gullible even at mm. my age which i i you know i don't i'm not I'm not that upset about that. So why? So so tell us about the experience. You were 16 years old. You went to the. Oh fuck! I forgot. I forgot what theater it was in. The Nederlander. Um, I didn't. Nederlander. Sorry. Nederlander. Yeah. You went to the Nederlander theater. What was the experience? Were you with your parents? Were you with a friend? What was uh, to give us the context? What time of year was it? How long had the show been running? Um, all right, so paint the picture. Paint the picture of why you fell in love with this fucking horrible show. Oh, stop it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I need to go back a little. There was this girl okay, in my class. Okay. Her name is Sarah Bilstein. And you know, like, there's this weird thing how older straight men are allowed to like musical theater. I feel like when you're a dad, like, suddenly dads are allowed to do all this gay shit, and you're like, wait, that's like weird. <laughs> but like, I know a lot of people whose parents consumed musicals and would have totally. like albums of so her dad used to have cast recordings and she would make tapes of them and we she'd have the tapes and she gave me rent i don't know why and i listened to it um on a trip all the time and i was like i was obsessed with it i just loved it i remember being like this is weird she sounds like a witch the mother like it opens really weird it opens with that uh you know yeah. that recording of the mom saying the wicked yeah. witch of the west but I got really into it, the rest of it. It was like nothing I'd ever heard before. And I really was imagining, like, what could this look like? You know, I had the experience of hearing it before I saw it. And the whole thing. You listened, like, she gave you a tape or of the entire recording. Mm-hmm. And I kept okay. listening to it. And then I don't remember my first time seeing it. Like, like, when you say the weather and who I was with, I don't know. Because I know 
I knew it wasn't the right thing for my parents at the time. Hmm. Like it was the first year, the original cast was all in it. Wow. Uh, okay. The whole audience was gay. And I remember being like, this is like, oh my God, this is like dangerous. Like I'm from the suburbs and like, <laughs> I, you know, I know I'm attracted to men. No, it felt, there was something that felt dangerous yeah. about being there and being in this I can like imagine. secret thing. And I'm like 16 and I don't know who I went with. For, also, I saw Rent 23 times. So when you say who Whoa. were you with the first time? I, and this is over like what, the 12, 15 yeah. years. Yeah. I would go at least once a year. Like, 23. Yeah. I mean, you got to think about it also when rent was no longer like the hot thing. It was mm-hmm. just like available. You could just walk right oh, up. Oh, totally. You get like a $40 right. ticket. Also, the Nederlander was tiny. So like that back row is not so bad in the Nederlander. Um, also, I won that lottery like four times. I love mm-hmm. that shit. But when you say what and was rent the was started, Is that right? Did rent start the lottery? Uh, yeah, so Jonathan Larson always felt that uh, theater tickets were inaccessible, and he always wanted the front row to be able to be accessible. It was $25, except at the beginning, it was first come, first serve. So people were camping out, and it was getting out of control, so they made it a lottery. Well, I mean, I have to I have to say that's, that's an impressive yeah. thing to and and it, uh, that uh, that changed broadway right because a lot of shows now do that they sure. all do and yeah. that's pretty that's pretty fucking awesome okay so 20 god how could you sit through it 23 I, times on like the 13th time i remember being like okay i don't need to see this again Really, I think it was the thirteenth. But then, uh, like, but then you, you, know, you then you, you won it again. You got a second wind, and you're like, "I'm going to see this ten more times." But. Yeah, but also, you think of you know, you have a friend who comes to the city. I want to see a Broadway oh, yeah. show, yeah. but I don't know. I'm like, "Oh, you got to yeah. see that," or like, so That's it's the true. type of thing that you do. And then also, it was very important to me. If you were dating me in any way seriously, like, you had to, you, I, you, I had to go see Rump. Like, duh, but you have to understand this. Right. Part of that, I mean, like I can appreciate that. Did you yeah. break up with anyone if they didn't like the if they didn't like it? Ninety uh, percent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair. Like, think it's like rent- a litmus test. Yeah. <laughs> I actually think yeah. rent is enough of a crowd pleaser, though. I feel like most people, yeah. especially non-theater people, they generally are like, "Oh, that was cool." For sure. Like that was like the show that people who didn't like musical theater knew every word to like when I was in the college dorms, like all the girls would listen to rent 24 seven. These were not people that like had any inkling or interest in musical theater. So yeah, it's definitely a musically like a crowd pleaser. Yep. Uh, but to describe when you say that first experience, and it was something that I actually felt most of the time when I go back to rent, I thought it was electric. I think it had mm-hmm. like electricity, like palpable, like in the room. It was sexy. It was young. When that whole cast enters the stage on Rent, like when they enter, it's just like, you know, Mark and Roger at the beginning. Yes. That was like, I get excited. I have goosebumps now just thinking about what that felt like to see that every time. Even like on my 20th time. Yeah. When it was like, Nick Lachey playing the role, right, right. Davis and but still with the staging, with the band on stage, and it's like na 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 na. Yeah, that, those first uh, those opening bits of Rent definitely electric is probably the well, best word I, to describe. How do real life when real life's getting more like fiction each day 
Headlines, breadlines, blow my mind And now this deadline, eviction or pain I mean, I think, I think you know, you probably both know this But I'm sure I would, I mean, I was getting chills with you talking about it I'm sure I would have had some, some emotional responses to the show Even if, if I had seen, and I, and I didn't see the original production So I, you know, that's a, that's a sad thing I was introduced to it via the film first, which I think is horrible. That, that was a and then huge the revival mistake. at yeah. New World Stages. And even mm-hmm. though I there are some great people in that cast, I just I didn't think that it it landed very well. So why what is it is it for you like that, you know, is it like because you you found it at a time in your life when it really spoke to you? Um but then you kept going for so how wait, it, it how long did it last? Thirteen years? You said, um, I don't, that's something I don't know. I remember like seeing it a million times and I remember who I saw it with and when I won the lottery, when I didn't win the lottery, I remember being, what are your favorite songs? What are songs that you still like? I don't know. Yeah. What, Um, What are you? So I, for whatever reason, I love, uh, and it's beginning to snow. Because to me, I was really into Les Mis when they all start singing over each other and all have their own stories kind of playing out simultaneously. Super into that. And I always liked You're What You Own, but only the part where they start singing over each other and it like becomes very duetty. I think that's really great. I don't own emotion. I'm I love the I'll cover you. Do you say reprise or reprise? I think I, both are. Yeah. Are, um, Let me go with reprise. I'm going to be yeah, fancy. You should say reprise. Yeah. Let's say reprise. <laughs> yeah. That Collins is that. I find that so moving and beautiful. Like that deep voice, that guttural voice and experiencing that loss. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good song. I'll give you that. I just, I, it's frankly, I like most of it. I like light your candle. I think is a, is brilliant. It's cute. It's clever. It's memorable when they start completing each other's sentences. I think it's just, I think a lot of it's very strong. Oh, and rent song number four, track four, like, track like four. every, there will never be a moment where I wouldn't want to hear that. I fucking yeah. love it. And light your candle is just like a great, introductory it's like short and concise and it like does the job and it's like super cute and then it like sort of it like you know there's that you see the spark 
sort of immediately between them. Pun intended? Pun intended. Okay. What do you forget? Got a light. I know you, you're, you're shivering. It's nothing, they turned off my heat. And I'm just a little weak on my feet. Would you light my candle? What are you staring at? Nothing, your hair in the moonlight. You look good. <laughs> so when was the last time that you saw it? And what was, what was your, you know, what was that like? Because I, I feel like. Um, I won the lottery for the final show. So I sat in the front row at the final show. I wore oh my God. with my Rent t-shirt. That is fucking amazing. <laughs> that, because I was such a fan of the show, I, uh, Anthony, the original cast was there on the, me- on the mezzanine front row, which are obviously great seats too. Anthony Rapp texts me. He's like, how do you have better seats to this than I do? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. I mean, but that was, that was the case with that show is people saw it like repeatedly. Uh, I mean, I saw it decent, I think maybe five times. So I I, I don't hold a candle to you, but, uh, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, people repeatedly say, you know, I can't think of another show until maybe like wicked that people really like just saw repeatedly in that way. Um, but yeah, when we were, um, at my first job out of college, I talk about all the time on this podcast because it's, you know, subject relevant. Uh, I worked at this little theater company, musical theater works, and we would do this, these symposiums and we'd bring people in just to have like talkbacks. And the one we did with Rent, because it was like the full original cast and we brought them in, it was because all we had was like a black box theater. And so like, and we brought in all of these other legends and it's like, yeah, it, we people would clamor to see them and everything. But the insanity of people trying to get in the door to like see those people, even then, and that was like the year 2000 so this was like years in and people were still like fanatical about it i had an autographed cover of time magazine when it said rent strikes i went to the show and i would have them autograph it everyone except for tay diggs was like my job's done i'm getting the hell out of here i remember being like that guy's a punk that guy's a punk he like he would like be hiding to get out of you know your actors like the attention you come out there and all these people are like dying to meet you yeah there's like you you want some of that but then you know after like your fifth person you're like all right i want to go home now like i'm you know i do this every day but uh, I think I don't know where that magazine is. It's the type of thing that a mom's just like, oh, it's Time Magazine. He doesn't read that. You know, like, probably doesn't even notice the autographs on it. But that's, I think that's gone. But I once had the entire original cast. Oh my God. So were you, um, did you have like an emotional response every time you saw this show? Or did you like, or more, some more than others? Like the um, first time, did you weep? Did you, did you I, like? I weep every time. I weep, you you know, weep I'll every tell time. You this. So last night I was like, oh shit, I'm doing a podcast about rent. And I'm not, not like, what if I have nothing to say? I knew that wouldn't happen, but I'm like, I should refresh. Mm. I listened to the whole soundtrack at 2 a.m. I love, first of all, it's the best soundtrack for a car trip. Like 100%, hands down, the best thing you could listen to in a car. And if you have people who can sing some of the other parts. You know all of it? Oh, yeah. Great. If not, I can do all of it. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I will. Noted. Noted noted for our our trip to the woods. I will will tell you. So last night I was just listening to it casually and cleaning because I I clean and I listen to musicals when I clean. Somehow that makes it easier. And um, I 
I was like, I'm not going to be a fucking nerd and prepare things for a podcast. However, I did write down every time I got emotional listening to the soundtrack, oh. having not listened to it for a while. Yeah. Oh my God. Tell us. Tell yeah. us. So uh, first, first thing, first of all, I'm always excited when rent happens. It's like, I want to listen to it again. I want to listen to it again immediately. But I was like, also, I want to go to sleep. So I just need to get through anything. It's two hours. I, I made a plan. So I'm like, it's two hours and six minutes. I'm going to do one hour and three minutes tonight. And then I'll do the rest tomorrow. And I was like, I got excited about it. And I did the whole thing. Yeah. I got, you know, but um, uh, Reason says I should have died three years yes. ago. Yes. Okay. So on the walk that I did right before this podcast, I only got a little bit beyond there. But at that moment, teared up. Look, I find some of what you teach suspect Because I'm used to relying on intellect But I try to open up to what I don't know Because reason says I should die three years ago Yep, teared up there. Um... Oh, I love I love this whole little thing in it, and when it's beginning to snow, I do not deserve you, Angel. Give give mm-hmm. all you do. I love that, and musically, it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And he's just like giving him something, and he's not used to it. And I love also I love the humor injected in Rent. This isn't answering your question. Like when he goes to buy a coat, he's like, "That's my like, from the person who stole it from him," and the person says, "We give discounts." That's so good. <laughs> That's so good. Um, love it. I love. I, I'm always very moved by Angel's like relationship to Collins and how yeah. he was wanting to give because their relationship is so pure. The that's yeah, yeah, it's very it's sweet. very affecting. Um, very effective. Yeah, goodbye, love. I like. You know, it's funny. That's not something that I think traditionally moves me. Where I'm like, oh, mm. like the love song is love. But like listening to it on this listen, yeah, I'm like, what a beautiful song. How sad. She's like coming to. She's accepting her mortality. Like coming to say goodbye to the person she needs to say goodbye to, knowing that she's not going to be here forever. Love that. Um, I've always thought one of the themes I loved about Rent, which I find like life is just such a fucking shit show. And when he says connection in an isolating age, like that it's such like this thing that happened that brought them all together. I love that Mm -hmm. idea. I actually love that idea right now when people are like, you know, you're supposed to be home and it's very isolating. But you know, people are like, well, I may, I, this, this, and this happened to me while I was doing that, you know, and I met someone or like I was forced to quarantine with someone I was dating for a week and now we're like getting that, you know, like sure. the idea of connecting in an isolating age has always very much resonated with me. Um, uh, connected to that, this lyric from once the shadows gave way to light. It's just like having those moments where things make sense like that. Uh, also, the whole idea of like, th- there's only a few more. Because you're like, wait, the whole time. <laughs> no, I'm I'm good. I'm, yeah. I'm, my afternoon's open. I'm, I'm keep going. I'm like, I'm, I'm living for this. When uh, oh, so you know, as an every time I listen to it, there's things I understand more. You know, I was a kid, so like the idea of like here goes, here goes when they're like find out they both have AZT. Oh, no. starting to lean in. it's fucking scary even if you're like you're both into it it's like fucking you're like oh shit that last one hurt i don't want to do that again i really like this that didn't cheer me up and i'm like oh i understand this feeling i've been there yeah. that's some experience i didn't have watching the show 10 12 right. 
Um, the part where I don't know exactly. Um, you know, when uh, Mimi and Roger, he's like, she's telling him Benny wasn't, and he stops her and says, I know. I found that really moving mm-hmm. that he, like, you don't have to say it. I, I understand. And the finale. Holy fucking shit. I mean, where the men and women split up and sing. Balling. Balling. Yeah, every time. Lots every of, time. So good. A lot of times I'll just, like, go straight to straight to that finale just yeah. get her done yeah. Yeah. Well, you got you know may I make a recommendation do number four and then the finale yeah, yeah. I mean, if you like, only got wow. like a finite no? amount of time yeah. yeah all right so but you didn't cry at um uh over the moon i mean what kind of monster are you you know i actually wanted to talk about over the moon since you guys both have such a violent reaction to it i do it set me on a lifelong disdain for scream dina but i would love to hear what your your thoughts about over which the is moon. funny because i like adina i i actually like adina i don't like that song Ugh. but i like adina so yeah. i don't really care about adina frankly like for some maybe it's just because i know too much about her i do not see her as a lesbian woman not that it, you need to mm. I just, so i just she's mm. a straight woman to me for every minute i'm watching her on stage for so I, I, I guess maybe i never bought her as like a woman in a relationship with a woman. Maybe that I'm being mm. unfair because I have so much information 20 years past this about <laughs> her personal relationships and her marriages. Yeah. But I think I never, well, I don't, I don't super care about her playing that role personally. However, that song, it's fucking grating. It's fucking annoying. However, do you have a friend who does performance art? Has it ever not been grating and annoying? And no, you I fucking... mean, yeah, it, it is. A, it is. It does its job for sure. It's, it's yeah, actually. That, I think I was only yeah. able to arrive at this now. For oh okay, yeah, the audience interaction. If you want to have fun and move for fucking three minutes, <laughs> like fucking go for it. It's hilarious. <laughs> that part's great. You know, like let's open the doors. Move for me. Move. Yeah. <laughs> Also, like okay. vocally, there's like you have to be able to sing to do that song. Yeah, it's, it's annoying, yeah. but I actually yeah. think it's perfect for anyone who has a friend who does performance art <laughs> and does that weird downtown shit. It's never not annoying. Yeah, but yet I'm I'm just look. I don't even know you, Scott. I'm sure you've been to something like that oh. where you've had to go support a friend at some nonsense where you're like. I have been to many a new music event or where it's like, what the fuck is happening right now? So doesn't that like make you appreciate? <laughs> Including some of our own. There's yeah. a number in yeah. a fucking musical on Broadway where you are forced to suffer like every one <laughs> of your friends made you do. Like, it's so good. Uh, yeah, I, 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 mean, I, like, I, I agree. I agree with with that statement. It doesn't make like me want to listen to it anymore. But right, yeah. Yeah. right. I like this yeah. spin. It's true. I, it's true. It's still, true. Still, always skip when listening. Oh always. yeah, but, like, but, <laughs> but appreciate appreciate in the l- larger context of the <laughs> yes. show. What it's, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they so so one more thing that I was thinking about because one of the things that. Is is and I was like, this is this isn't a fair criticism because I'm like, well, it's you know, the, a lot of people say this. It's dated. It's dated. Like talking about AZT, talking about um, HIV being a death sentence. Uh, it's it, such a different time, such a, a capsule of time. And I was like, but but the normal heart is dated. The normal heart is, and I still love. I think it's an incredibly powerful piece of theater and. Um, it was my thesis and I saw it on Broadway and, and of course the, the, you know, uh, 
what's his name's movie adaptation uh there's a lot of things that are dated that that are historical in a way that that i still love and yet rent isn't one of them for some reason and i was i was curious to hear your perspective on that or if you have a, a response to to that um i th- i think things that are that took place in a period when those things no longer exist they're like dated just by definition of like what they are and what they're portraying in 20 years like right isn't everything a lot of things are dated right yeah like, exactly like, that's what i'm saying though is that the normal heart came out in 94 and so yeah you could say it's dated but it does it's it doesn't for some reason it doesn't feel the same to me it feels sort of like a like a record of of something that happened whereas rent feels like a um a little flash of its moment you so know it feels I think like one comparing a straight play to a musical like you're comparing genres that lend itself like i think you could have more nuance and you can go deeper into things in a play some on some level in some ways more so than you can in a musical like the Right, musical is like a different thing. Well, sure, it is. It is absolutely. But I was thinking about it just in terms of the reason it popped into my head. Of course, is because specifically about like just where the country, where the world was with with the AIDS crisis, Um, and obviously the Normal Heart is also like uh, like I said, it's kind of a historical record in a way. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the things that I said on the episode is that this is a really political show. There's a lot of really huge political statements that it makes about poverty, about sexuality, about gender identity, about um, obviously about sickness and and yeah. and the, pan- the the pandemic of AIDS, the epidemic of AIDS. I don't know if we ever called it a pandemic, the epidemic of AIDS. I mean, it was a pandemic for obviously for a certain population. Um, and yet for some reason it never, it, it, uh, yeah, I, I, like I said this, it felt like it never uh, sort of spoke to me in sort of the larger society or the uh, a larger picture it was really personal and for some somehow that little like there's a few moments that i think transcend that i think labo m does a little bit transcend that i think that seasons of love obviously transcends that but a lot of the other stuff, I just don't feel like it does, and that's part of the reason why it it you know it bothers me. But as I've said many times, I regret not going to see the original production yeah. on Broadway. <clears throat> I think you, I, I think you would have liked it. The whole yeah. the whole uh, dated thing. I mean, that's just like bullshit to me because it's. Uh, I mean, let's remember that it was you know based off of like Puccini's La Boheme, and it's like it couldn't be more timeless and relevant these themes of you know like sickness and like living for today and you know the immediacy of the moment and like you know people of that age and artists i mean like all of that stuff like transcends time so absolutely the story does and i just don't think but i don't think the show does Hmm. so i Mm. i think also well i actually and in listening to it because i haven't listened to it in a while i actually was surprised by how how contemporary a lot of the ideas are for what we're going through right now. Mm-hmm. I actually thought a lot of the ideas were pretty valid and interesting. And I was like, oh, this is actually more relevant than I would have ever imagined. I also think rent, a lot of it was about the time and place. Like 
you know, it didn't work in London. I don't think they captured the electricity. Like that show didn't right. stay open for 13 years. And also the new world stages, it was like, well, you didn't do anything to it. Like you, you know, it's the same director, of course, but yeah. you didn't, I think they clarified one thing that I like, had never understood. I think that interaction, like there, that's her. Whatever it was, there was some question I always had about the show, even after seeing it 23 times. I'm like, oh, he clarified that. I actually know what's happening. It was it's, wow. uh, beginning mm. to snow. Um, but I also think that it's not that it doesn't work. Like the songs are still going to be great. You're going to have people who can sing the songs and they can perform it. But you're like, yeah, like I don't super like care about this. Also, when people, the further you get away from the time period. I remember I went to go see it at Yale Dramat. I, I travel for rent, by the way, as well. Also, wow. I will see rent at any level. I will travel for rent. Will travel for rent. As did I. Yep. I Hundred, to, hundreds of miles. Yep. So this is, I went to a production at the Yale Dramat <laughs> with some like New York theater people. And the guy's criticism, he's like, yeah, it was great, but like, it's too happy. These people have no idea what any of it means and the context of which in with which it existed like this is like these people are like happy and performing these things like it did like the whole production it was solid it was great interesting it was great. Wow. and it was also interesting so, you know i'm so used to rent staging and usually when you see uh like lesser production of it they're just imitating what they had tried to do on broadway they're trying right to right this was someone putting a point of view on it so there was some fun things to see like that i'm like oh during the uh like the whole marketplace i call it the marketplace song and it's beginning to snow hands bags shoes potpourri leather bags girly mags they had these trunks open and there were people just throwing like stuff in the air hmm. like in this succession of like things falling from the sky which I, I was like oh that's interesting i only know this one way and then um i believe there was something very kitschy i think during uh the cow jump over the moon a bunch of cow stuffed animals fell down onto the audience. <laughs> there were condoms being thrown around during contact. Contact's my least favorite song, by the way. Oh, I actually always forget that that song exists, so that makes yeah, sense. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what that uh, song. Yeah, I don't even know what that yeah. song is. You would no have idea. really disliked the staging, too, Tim. I can assure no you. No idea. But... Yeah, Tim. I think you would. I think you shouldn't do any further research. <laughs> I think. I also just want to say one more time: what yeah. a bummer it is that that um, the film was directed by the Harry Potter and Adventures in Babies. Well, yeah, guy. that in the, you know, the grab bag of casting confused me. Because at least the, you know, at least if that film had, I mean, someday maybe someone will make a film of it and, and capture the, the, the raw sort of, um, you know, vibrancy of downtown that the Lower East Side of New York, uh, when it used to be scary and, you know, all that shit. And, and that would be awesome. Um, because I do think, obviously, that it it, it it has a place. Rent will always have a place in musical theater history, for sure. So. Yeah. We got we, we need to keep Rent. We can chuck fucking Bye Bye Birdie, but like Rent <laughs> rent can stay in the pantheon, in the repertoire. <laughs> well, I hate that show. It's a pleasure getting to, to hear your... Um, God, it's, I didn't know that you had seen it. I mean, maybe you told me that when we were mm. driving to no, camp. No, I think, I think, honestly, I think it came up really quick when you had mentioned that. I was like, I love that show. And you're like, you do? I would love, <laughs> like, it was really quick. I don't think we even got into details about it, frankly. 
Well, your read of Tim's reaction, it sounded very judgmental. Like, you do? <laughs> you do? You, you like It really Lent? surprised me. Really? It really no. surprised me from what I know of yeah. you. It really surprised me. And I was I mean, like, I want to, uh, you were like, I'll defend it. I'll defend I, it. And yes, I was like, I said that. Okay. <laughs> that's an interesting idea. So this is, this is the first time yeah. we've had someone on the podcast. To defend. To defend. To defend one of our opinions, or yeah, to defend uh, the opposite of one of our opinions. I, guess I will I defend say, so. the honor of rent. I will. But in all seriousness, like, I fucking love that show. Even mm-hmm. it, like, there was a time where I didn't know what a fucking, like, no, the book's a mess. Like, it's hard to follow, whatever. There was a time where I didn't even know what a book was. But I was listening to the lyrics or a near rhyme. The lyric of headline, breadline, deadline. It, I, it made me smile. In the opening <laughs> song, you get headline, breadline, deadline. And I was like so happy to hear that. And I love the whole like, I think it very effectively uses reprises like the I'll cover you and then bring it back. Yeah. The me, 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 me repetition of the vowel sound and like being me and the name me, me. And then the I love actually in contact, the one thing that does move me. The whole thing's about things being temporary in rent. You rent things. Mm-hmm. You don't have them permanently. Nothing, yeah. which is, I love that idea, translating that to a relationship. But when Angel is introduced and he says, today for you, tomorrow for me, and then he dies and says, today, me, mm-hmm. tomorrow, you, that's beautiful. Yeah. He's like, I 100% amazing. agree with you that the reprises are done well. And I've, that's something that I've talked about sort of repeatedly on this podcast is it's like a trigger for me, particularly like Andrew Lloyd Webber is like the biggest hack ever <laughs> when it comes to reprises. But yeah, in this show, they're done in a way that it like makes sense and it's like emotionally affecting. Yeah. I feel like they like hit you in the gut. Mm hmm. I really do. Like, I fucking love this show. Because I was like, as I, I played, I'm like, great. I'm like, I have nothing to say. They're having me on to talk about Ren. I'm like, I don't know. I don't think about Ren all that much. I played like 30 seconds of the opening. I'm like, oh, I could talk about Ren. <laughs> all day, all night. Oh, I'm ready. Yeah. I mean, yeah, what, what I'm hearing is it was like a deeply personal show for you. And I think that's a lot of people's experience with this show. I think. And, you know, when people say things like, uh, well, it didn't cover this and this, I'm like, it's not a documentary. It's a musical. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't even make sense happening. In the playbill, <laughs> exactly. they literally had to tell you how these people are related because otherwise you actually wouldn't mm. know. I think, like, see, you know, maybe like the third year on Broadway. I don't know. I'm making this up. They put in, have you ever seen this? No. Scott? No. They have the people's faces and they go, uh, Maureen used to date Mark is now dating Joe They actually oh made my like God, a that's family so funny. tree that's, because it is hard yeah. to follow. Yeah, if How you don't you know, know which I know like knew every flipping word before I me saw too, it. So yeah, yeah, which was not the experience when I saw Hamilton and I feel like yeah. it would have been benefited but if I had like <laughs> knew it. But yeah, uh, but, yeah that's kind of like, that's funny that they did that. I didn't know that yeah. they did that. It's kind of like so, we talked about uh, Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812 and they sort of mm-hmm. do something similar mm-hmm. because it's, you know, this like complex Russian novel. So they give you different names yeah Yeah. right that yes so schneider before we uh before we wrap yeah you want to sorry Uh, yeah i knew we got to put in a little like uh yeah several there (laughs) several i think um you wanted you wanted to read your yeah review right you have a little you have a little closer for us it sort of worked out i mean we often sort of end with a review but this is not anything that was ever published this was uh i was a couple weeks back i was like 
who knows? I was really, you know, we're in the, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I was routing, probably cleaning my apartment for the 4,000th time, but I, I was routing through and I was like, what the fuck is this spiral, like spiral notebook? And I opened it and it was a journal I was forced to like take uh, when I was um, a junior in college and brand new to New York and I was doing an internship. So I was like, literally my like first three months in New York were sort of documented. And, uh, and then I think at that point, I think at the point that I found this, like we already knew that we were going to do this like retread of rent and I flipped through and I was like, Oh my God. I was like, I have like a little like journal entry about seeing rent. Like, so I'm going to, who knows if this is going to land, but like we were talking earlier about being, uh, you know, like early twenties and, and, what that means and I was I think I had had a couple glasses of wine and was reading this and <laughs> chuckling and I was like I don't know I feel like I should probably read this so this was February 17th of 2000 this is a rent review from uh, from a 21 year old the first paragraph's boring I'll skip that since I was introduced to rent as a senior in high school it's been somewhat of an obsession for me Within a few weeks of purchasing the CD, I had every lyric and song committed to memory. I thought the show was so amazing because it brought theater to my generation. There were characters I could relate to with problems and fears that I possessed. What's more, they weren't singing stuffy, operatic-styled music. They were singing rock pop. The show was energetic, upbeat, and profound. <laughs> My first experience seeing the show was a national tour in Chicago. I, of course, loved the show, but wanted to go back for better seats. A few weeks later, a few friends of mine and I drove up to Chicago and waited 11 hours in line to get rush line seats in the first two rows. It was well worth it. Two more shows followed that I saw in Cincinnati and Indianapolis, respectively. However, none can compare to the show in New York. The show is so tailor-suited to the city that it means more to see it here. I understand more of the jokes, having lived here a month, and the theater is more <laughs> intimate. I didn't even mind standing for the show. I actually somewhat enjoyed it. So that's it. That's all she's got. Nothing oh, about yeah. the characters, nothing about the show. But yeah, it was that I understood more about the show from living in New York for a month. This, oh this my god! That's amazing. It's adorable. <laughs> but I, I, I did to... read this, and I was like, "Wow, I was really, really obsessed with this show." <laughs> I would have loved to have heard you read it with, like, you were putting a point of view in your voice. Yeah, like, that. like I almost wanted to hear it like Ernest, and I Ernest probably would have been and... like, "That's so Yeah, sweet. he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He doesn't do Ernest. I also get like, why I you didn't it. do that because I probably wouldn't be able to. Do, I don't do any fucking Ernest shit. My mm -mm. partner's like, "Can you actually just like, like it's not me? No, yeah, no, no, no. it's well, actually." We it's actually it's actually shocking to me that I like was this earnest. So that like because I was pretty jaded even at twenty. That's when we met. So, that's that yeah. right. I met so, you like so that speaks, three months that later. Speaks or something. to like how much I fucking love the show. But, yeah. Wow. Oh my god. Well, Mark, thank, thank you, you so Martin, much. Can I for... can I tell you two more things? Because yeah, just, they're Please. two rent. They're rent flavored. So yep. I wanted okay, to okay. share two things okay. just because it's part of it. So I was working at a party and like, maybe it was fashion week or whatever. It was like Perry Ellis or some shit. And I was in my underwear at a bar, a gay bar. So it was a gay thing. And Anthony Rapp was there. And I told him I was like a huge fan of the show. And like, I asked him if I could interview him. So he let me interview him at the Life Cafe. We just went and like sat at the Life Cafe. Oh my God, and I, awesome. I, I think I filmed it. I don't know where, like I had like one of those mini DV things. Yeah. Like, Wait, I was, were you still in your underwear or? Yeah, well, when I spoke to him, but then when we went to Life Cafe, I wore clothes. And he was always like, okay. He was very kind. Like, you know, certain people like, are like, 
what kind of it. They're like, oh, they they treat you as though if you don't have a certain level of success as an mm-hmm. actor, you're not valid. He was like, what's your survival job? Like he just talked to you like a human being and was just like, yeah, like I love that you love the show. Yeah, I'd love to tell you, I'd love to talk about the show. He's just like really nice and kind. So I became friends oh with God. Anthony love through, that. through that, through being a fan of the show. And the other thing I wanted and to that say. that was when he was still doing it, right? That was no, like. No, it was like, like there was probably onto their like fifth replacement. I mean, I. Oh, oh, oh okay. But the like, show was still running. Sorry. The, the show, show was, was still running. running. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. No, got it. Got the it. film had just come out. Oh, okay. So was the show still running? I think the show um, was running. I don't out. think so, but I don't know. I think I no. I think you're. I think it came out like right before it closed. I think they were hoping that the mm, the movie yeah. would like boost Kickstart. ticket sales for mm. a bit. Yeah. So something like that. Either he gave me the CD because you know at the time they released, you could buy your character. So like you could buy the CD with with Anthony Rapp on it or Roger, uh, or you could they okay. had different covers. I don't remember if he gave one to me or if I brought one or like, I don't know. Like I'm conf- like sometimes somehow that's happening. But I remember sitting at the life cafe, like life cafe was like about to close or maybe it had closed and reopened temporarily. I don't know what it was, but I knew like that thing was, was, was going to be no longer pretty soon. Right. And then the I other thing. Place. Yeah, it was cool. Right? Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. yeah. I think that scene, like I heard in when you, in your previous podcast talking about how effective that scene is about capturing like that life in downtown and like, yeah, I love that. Um, the other thing that I wanted to point out. So I went to this guy who um, he says that actors were all, all artists are like working on a, within a theme. So like um, you have this moment in your life, it's called your ground zero moment. And everything you do after that, you're on a compensation strategy, I think is what he says. And like when you do work that aligns with your compensation strategy, you're going to knock it out of the park because it's in you. You don't even have to try. So he's like, for example, Philip Seymour Hoffman, his theme is uh, sexual perversion and addiction. He's like, he doesn't even have to like, he's like, that's just hit him. He could do it. Um, this is his whole theory. So I went to him and did the work. And he's like, well, what's your ground zero moment? You don't have to tell me. He's like, so he asked me about two hours of questions, like this, uh, work that you've seen that moved you. And, uh, work that you see and you're like, I could play that part. I could do that part better. A poem that you read, anything, all, I mean like hours of it. So he's like, what's your, uh, what's your ground zero moment? And I was like, you don't have to tell me. I'm like, when did it happen? I'm like, oh, definitely like this breakup that I had. And he's like, no, it's before that. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, it's before that. He's like, you saw rent 23 times. That's not because you, that's not because that's not on your theme. He's like, there's something there. Like, and I was like, oh my God, my uncle died of AIDS when I was in middle school. And like, I think that that didn't, I think it meant more to me than I ever understood. And this guy kind of was just like, yep, he's like, that's it. Mm. And he's like, cause he's wow. all the things I was interested in were like the themes. So he, he goes through it and he's like, okay, these are the trends. I'm seeing sex and death. I'm seeing sex in this. And like, there was a lot of like sex with death. I'm like, that's AIDS. You have sex and you die. And, um, yep. Yep. Yeah. So I, uh, that was like a very, mm-hmm. very like eye-opening thing. I'm like, oh, losing Uncle Peter was like meaningful for me. And I was like, look, I don't even know if I knew at the time. I knew he had AIDS. Like my parents did not tell us. They said he was sick. And like they were behaving so peculiar, in such a peculiar way about like how we were allowed to be around Peter. And this. I'm like, he has that thing everyone's scared of. My mm-hmm. parents were being so weird. Yeah. Like, you know, like disinfecting a bathroom after like he uses it before the kids use it. Like, you know, just like weird shit. But you're like, okay, I know he has that thing. And they would have never told us. They were, like, trying to, like, shield us from that, I suppose. But anyway, um, 
Yeah. So going back, I think that might have some sort of, you know, my connection to rent was that event, but it wasn't ever a conscious thing. Mm. I wasn't like, Oh, I see this in honor of uncle Peter. You know, (laughs) this reminds me of him. There was never any of that. And I said to him, I'm like, I don't even think I knew about like the sexual aspect of, you know, like, I don't know that I made a connection. He's like, it doesn't matter. All you have to hear is one person say, yeah, well, those guys get it from having sex. Like, you literally have to hear one person say it. And even if you don't remember it, it's in you. Like you, you, your subconscious understood the link. Anyway, I just wanted to add that piece of information because I think that also might play into my connection to this material. Well, definitely. I mean, there was well, that backdrop you. and yeah. Not to get too deep into it, but yeah, it's like when I was <laughs> totally, when I was totally changed. <laughs> but when I was coming of age, it's like when I was like understanding my sexuality, it was totally like, oh yeah, you have sex, you die. I mean, yep. it was yeah. Like, that yeah. Was at the, the end, at the end of the um, so. English hallway at high school, there was a big poster that said, "Suddenly, sex has become very dangerous," mm. and I will obviously never forget that. Mm. So yeah. it it. That makes a lot of sense. Um, well, thank you for yeah. sharing that, thank Mark. So and thank you for defending this really terrible musical. <laughs> um, still digging your heels in that you I, saw via the film. I, I, um, I appreciate, I, God, 23 times. I, I, I would be, I'm sure that there is someone who has seen it more than 23 times, oh, but yeah, I've never seen sure. anything 23 times. Even like, the Matrix, which is probably the thing I've watched I think, the most. I think you made me life. watch that twenty three times when we lived together oh. in Spanish Harlem. I can tell you that much. Possibly. It was like Possibly. every night. Possibly. Let's watch the Matrix. Tim, you know, Ooh. I don't know how well you know Nathan, but my partner. So I made him, of course, go see uh, Rent with me at New World Stages. Again, I'm sitting there like bawling because you know that's the probably the last show of that revival, and I know Rent's going to be gone for a very long oh. time. And he's like. Um, he's very, very kind about it. It's going to make me sound like he wasn't, but this is the best I can do. Um, help me understand why this is so important to you. <laughs> what is it? He's like, what is it? Like, explain it to me. That is oh kind. No, that is that a really is kind. kind thing to kind. say. He wanted I, to know more. I appreciate that. The way he I said really it was appreciate like, that. Yeah, like, help me. Like, what? what is it? And I was like, are you kidding? What oh, is it not? Well, oh t- Tim God. had just told a story about almost breaking uh, up know, with John Ord yes, over passing yes, strange. So, yes. you know. so it, uh, <laughs> it, maybe he'll learn something. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's wonderful. That's an awesome. That's awesome. All right. Well, Mr. Senaway is lovely to see you. It's lovely to talk to you. And we will hopefully, um, you know, connect soon after yeah. all of this is over. And Guys, we can please go Thanks out and do stuff me. and have of a course. drink. Of course. Thank you. Yeah, that was super fun. Also, I'm a fan of uh, your guys' work. I know I don't, I'm not familiar with a lot of it, but I saw the cannibal thing and I was Aww. like nuts about that. Yeah. <sighs> it was our first. <laughs> consensual cannibal our first we we call it the first yeah we're hoping for more (laughs) i love that there's an army hammer we're gonna have we have to have an army hammer follow our army is working on some back uh some additional material for us it's so fucking quirky and insane (laughs) and awesome like it's so good and real I love oh it. Yeah, yeah. and real. And, and real. I think I remember there was like there's like a, a ridiculous use of chorus. Yes. Oh yes. yeah. I was. Like, can- I love yes. the use of the chorus. The, the Cannibal yes. Cafe. Yeah, we yes. had people with yeah. like meat cleavers and shit. It was great. <laughs> I was super into it. Uh, thank Yay, you. Thank yeah. you. 
All right. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone else. Um, till uh, til next, til time. next time. Till next time.